Jody Vance in for Mike this week, and you know that 10 o'clock means it is destination radio time. Baldry's Beat, Keith Baldry, Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief, joins us for the next 30 minutes, and we will be opening up phone lines for you. Uh, Good morning and Happy New Year, Keith. Happy New Year to you, Jody, and all the listeners as well. So great to be able to speak with you, and with some positivity in the sense that, I don't know about you, but I'm hearing a lot of people say they're booking and getting their booster doses around British Columbia. Yeah, that's happening quite a bit. Uh, just, again, anecdotally, so many people are talking about how they got their, bo- their booster doses on the weekend or they were able to get a booking in a relatively short time. <clears throat> uh, excuse me. Dr. Penny Ballum, who's the head of the vaccination program on Friday, pointed out that um, we're in the midst of, of bringing, oh, more than 1,100 pharmacies online in this month. Uh, already, I think, 254 of them signed up uh, last week. So we're shifting away from... The focus being on clinics and, and and arenas and such, even though we're going back to using arenas and convention centers, to bringing pharmacies on as part of the program like never before. I mean, we had relatively few pharmacies participate in the first and second dose. Um, yeah. I got mine at a pharmacy, my first two doses, but that was sort of the exception rather than the rule. Now pharmacies are, are going to be brought on. They're very local, so it's um, there's so many pharmacies in so many so many towns. On top of that, Health authorities are going back to municipal governments uh, and saying, we need your convention center, we need your sports arena, we need your big building um, just for the next short while while we administer boosters. So the number of places to administer boosters is going to multiply in a huge number, which is why, again, we're hearing so many stories from people of getting their boosters sooner than later. And the invitation piece, piece, Keith, I think uh, deserves to be reiterated in that some people that went on maybe a week, 10 days, two weeks, even further ago and had to book their appointments so far out. If you check back on the system now, you might find that you can get an appointment an hour from now. Like that's how much it can change. That's how much it can change. I had a family member uh, literally shaved three weeks off of her uh, appointment. Uh, It was going to be in later January, getting it today. So um, just by going back on, you can do this. Once you've been contacted and invited, you can still go back and check the link you've been sent, and you can change your date. So anybody's out there who who received an invitation last week or the week before and are looking at maybe, you know, getting a a booster a month from now or three weeks from now, go back and check because you can probably get an earlier date. And also uh, maybe expand, if you have the ability to drive mm-hmm. a little bit, expand your distance. Because everybody yeah. wants it within 10K. But my first dose was at Delta View because I was at my dad's long-term care home because I got that call. Can you come here? Because we're doing it now. And I was like, okay. And my second dose was out in Crescent Beach. So a 45-minute drive away from where I live, uh, out in White Rock. And then my third dose was at the Italian Cultural Center, you know, yeah, within that close distance, close proximity to my house. And my aunt, uh, Auntie Katcha, uh, she listens all the time. Hi, Auntie Katcha. She uh, had something booked at the convention center because that was the first opportunity. And But she has some issues with perhaps parking her car and being mobile, being able to you know get to the convention center and in and once and navigating once in there, not as mobile as she wanted to be, not as secure as she'd like to be, went back in and found her pharmacy had an opening and was like, oh, I'm just going to go there. So yeah, no, it's going to be much easier to get your booster. The first thing you're offered is are the places within 10 kilometers of you, but you can you can navigate your way through this and you can go to the next arc is 20 kilometers if you've got a car. Uh, and even conceivably, I think there's 50 kilometers um, if you really want to travel. But uh, I think most people are going to be able to get uh, uh, access relatively easy within 10 kilometers. Yeah, We're people also listening on the network. People to, oh, that's oh, the other good. little piece of the puzzle. Uh, emails were sent out. You recall... 
at the beginning of the first dose uh, program, so many people were were asked to come in, uh, retired healthcare professionals and other professions who were designated as trained immunizers. They came in by the by huge numbers, and of course we didn't need them as much as the a number of doses uh, declined uh, from eighty thousand a day to you know uh, five thousand, six thousand a day at one point. Um, now that's accelerated. Now that we're doing boosters, so those people were sending emails last week, and eleven hundred of them responded by saying, "Yep, I'm coming back in, all volunteering." Fantastic. I did get uh, some some folks from Merit uh, reaching out saying there's only one spot in merit because of all that has happened in that community. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and so there are people that are having to make their way up the Coquihalla or up the merit, um, um, what's it called, bypass up to, to get to Kamloops because mm-hmm. there are more availability. So it's, you know, everybody's trying to sort of adjust and adapt. And, and Adrian Dix was on with us on Friday and did mention that there might be some programs in communities, uh, more remote communities, where there is that sort of caravan for boosters. Is that right? Is that happening? Yeah, one assumes so. That happened um, in the midst of the first and second dose. Remember, a, a mobile clinic going through Dawson Creek in Fort St. John. Yes. Uh, so yeah. that will likely happen with this. We're basically going. We're going back to the beginning of the it, the whole vaccination program. I mean, we're trying to get to f- more than four and a half million people getting their booster doses, or more than four yeah. million people. The, the the teenagers aren't cleared yet. Um, so it's... Uh, right, that just happened in the U.S., though, Keith. Do you any ear to, ear, ear to the ground on that? Nothing FDA. from Massey, nothing? Yeah. Not yeah, well, we usually, we usually there's a lag period between what the states does and what we do. So the expectation is we are going to approve Pfizer for teenagers soon as a third dose. But, right. again, the FDA approved it down in the United States. Now it goes to the Center for Disease Control for sign-off there. That's probably going to take a couple of weeks. Then Health Canada usually weighs its own um, uh, evidence after the CDC and the states signs off on it. So the expectation, we, we have been following the states on these pro, on these uh, these protocols and these rules. So the expectation is that will happen in, in B.C., and in Canada. But again, we're trying to get to more than 4 million people. So we're really, we only had 900,000 as of Friday. About 1.2 million uh, appoint, uh, invitations were sent out as of Friday. That number is starting to climb significantly. Uh, but we're sort of like right at the beginning. We need to get to four, more than 4 million people. Everyone uh, with a six-month interval is going to be invited to get that booster dose. And that means a lot of vaccinations over the next short while. Which is unbelievable. So happy to hear that. It gives me goosebumps. And, and hearing friends being like, yep, got my boy, man. I'm going. I'm so excited. Uh, one more piece of this puzzle, though, that uh, was revealed last week in that all-important briefing was about pregnant women. Uh, and there was a bit of confusion because it has to be reiterated. Some are like, I haven't received my invitation. Does the government know you're pregnant? Exactly. That's, that's, that's important. You need yeah. to let them know that you're pregnant. You have to be proactive on this if you're, if you're pregnant and you are prioritized now. You're in a prioritized category. You can, you can get your vaccine uh, uh, quicker than, than most. So uh, contact your, your family doctor uh, who should be able to help you navigate this. Hey there, Jody Vanson. For Mike Smith, we continue on Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief, is with us uh, till the bottom of the hour. And the phone lines are open for you. Questions for Keith Baldry, anything you like, 604-280-9898, star 9898, a free call on your cell. Let's start with Roberta in Vancouver. Welcome to the show, Roberta. Happy New Year. Thank you. Um, my question for Keith is, um, I'm 73, I'll be 74 in a couple of weeks, but I got my invite for my booster, which I had on November 25th. 
When I went to Italian Cultural Center, I had two Pfizer before that. They recommended a half dose of Moderna, which I took. And now the criteria for somebody over at my age group, 70 and over, is a full dose of Moderna. Now I'm wondering, should I get a, the other half dose or what's, what would happen in my case? I wasn't aware the criteria would have changed for your age group for when it comes to Moderna because it is a half dose of Moderna and it's a full dose of Pfizer when you get your boosters. So I'm not I've not heard that before, frankly, that um, that the criteria had changed for a full dose. So uh, I'll check into that, but I think you probably double check that as well. But I think right now you were given a half dose of Moderna for clinical reasons, and I think that booster should be enough protection for you. Hope that puts your mind at ease a little bit, Roberta. It's good that you've got even that half dose in you uh, in terms of getting the boost, right? Because it's not like the first two doses uh, when they wane, Keith. It doesn't go to zero, right? No, no, it doesn't go to zero. People think that suddenly you, you lose all protection. It just wanes, which means it weakens, basically. And the booster, and you had Dr. Narang on earlier explaining all this, that uh, it's, it's just sort of uh, there's a primer and then there's a booster. All right. Thank you, uh, Roberta. Let's go to Simon in Vancouver. Welcome to the show, Simon. Hi, Jody. Thanks. Uh, and uh, Jody and Keith, thanks for taking the call. Happy New Year. Just a quick question about uh, if you have any more information about the COVID rapid test kits and what the plan is for further distribution in January. Yeah, so we're, we're supposed to be getting, purchasing 11 million rapid tests in in January. As it stands down, they're not going to be handed out just randomly. There still will be a strategic um, distribution of them. Uh, Dr. Henry, we're probably going to provide more uh, details on that as the month goes along. We don't have those 11 million, as far as I know. They haven't arrived yet. And it's one thing that, to say, to request uh, stuff from the federal government. It's quite another, as our experience has shown, to actually receive stuff in a timely manner. So we'll get an update on that, hopefully, uh, perhaps as early as tomorrow when we get an update from Dr. Bonnie Henry and, and Health Minister uh, Adrian Dick. So we're, the good news is we are going to get a heck of a lot more rapid tests, but it's not entirely clear how they're going to be distributed. What time is our update tomorrow, Keith? Do we know? Don't know yet. It's generally one thirty or 3 right, o'clock. One thirty. Right. Okay. Good to know. Um, we I had another question uh, from Fiona over uh, Twitter. She had had uh, a COVID-19 infection, she has now recovered. And she's wondering, is there a, a standard that you should wait a certain duration before getting your booster after having had COVID recently? There seems to be conflicting um, advice on that. I've seen some articles suggest 14 days wait. Others suggest a, a shorter time from uh, than that to, to get your third dose. So again, I'm, I'm not the doctor here, <laughs> but no, uh, like I've, no. seen, I've seen, I've seen different types of advice on that type of question. All right. Due diligence and maybe connecting with your MD would be a good idea. 604-280-9898, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 is a free call on your cell. Joan in White Rock, you're up next. Welcome. Oh, hi. This isn't about boosters. It's just an anecdote about something that happened to my nephew in Burnaby on New Year's Eve, he was, after much thought, he was taking his two young children, grade two and kindergarten, to be vaccinated at BCIT. And when they arrived there, they were pointed to this great big long line, and he said, but I'm just here to get my kids vaccinated. They said, nope, there's only one line, get in line. Everybody in it was waiting for a test. They were coughing and sneezing and snorting. And they waited there for about an hour, and they were going to give it about 10 more minutes, and then they were going to leave because this seemed a bit hopeless. 
And then another employee started coming down the line handing out rapid tests, I think, for some people that could just go home. And he said to them, what are you doing in this line? And they said, well, we're here to get the kids vaccinated. He said, but why are you in this line? And uh, my nephew said, well, one of the other employees said, this is the only line to get into. And the person who was handing out the rapid test said, wrong, and took them right away to another door and took them right inside to get vaccinated. So I thought you might be interested in that little anecdote. Yeah, somebody obviously, thanks for that. Somebody obviously dropped the ball there at that clinic. I mean, there's the testing line is not the vaccination line. Um, no. Those are two different groups of people. So um, good that uh, he was able to get his kids vaccinated, though. Um, we're we're going to be having a town hall uh, on on global uh, next week on on Monday or Tuesday, I believe, Jody, with Dr. Henry and Health Minister Adrian Dixon. One of the issues they want to tackle is we're only about 40% of kids between 5 and 11 in terms of vaccination rates. And um, they're trying to get that number up significantly, but it's sort of a, a slow pace in terms of getting kids vaccinated. And they want to address that partly in, that, in a town hall format. Well, we'll be looking forward to that town hall. And I, I got to give a shout out too. there is a kid, there is a young person who is vaccinated, who is your biggest fan. He actually has one of those hashtag Team Baldry hats. Oh. <laughs> His name's Finn. And I promised I'd say hello. He listens every morning when he's not in school. And of course, he's not in school today. So, hey, ben. so fi- there you go. Hey, there's Finn, a, how you doing? Good to hear from you. A little, little love from Keith Baldry. He'll spread the word to his friends. Uh, okay, let's keep down the uh, phone lines here. 604-280-9898, star 9898, a free call on your cell. Doug and Burnaby, you're up. Welcome. Oh, hey, guys. Um, regarding what Jody said with uh, Jason Tetro, 2AZ's efficacy percentage is now nil? No. Oh, okay. I heard it wrong. It's it's low. I'm I'm a double AstraZeneca, but it's uh it's not nil. It's not zero. It's but what happens is it's a lower efficacy than two of the messenger RNA vaccines. It's, but it's not uh, you know 100% versus zero. It's just a lower. I think I think it's over time. I think it drops to about 60 to 70%. Yes. But um, and that's why AstraZeneca people were prioritized to get their boosters beyond the age group rollout. Um, so if you were like 55 and you got double AZ, you didn't have to wait until that age. Back when we were doing it by age, we're not doing it anymore on, by age. You were prioritized to get that that uh, third dose. Sorry for the confusion there, Doug. Glad you got it clarified so that if anybody else heard it uh, in that way, they now know it is not zero. Margaret in Abbotsford, you're up next. Welcome. Yes. Could you please... Um ask the government why we are only having one essential visitor for care homes. My husband takes over an hour to feed him. He cannot talk. He cannot walk. So when we go in, we're helping the nurses because they, there isn't an, enough care aides. They're run off their feet. And my husband takes yeah. a lot of care. So I've got the two daughters that are coming in one in the night to feed him um, and shave him and get him ready for bed. And the other daughter comes in, does the same thing in the afternoon I cannot go in every day and also I don't drive in the snow so one daughter comes picks me up and she comes in when I come in the handy knot will not come up in the snow and uh, it, it's it's disgusting to say that only one essential visitor there we're older and we just can't it's a burnout and I like I say those nurses are just run off their feet and we're in there trying to help and now you say 
90 minutes, that's almost the time to feed him. And one of those carries are held up for my husband to do that. And constantly there's something that you have to do with them. And uh, you've got to allow that there is more than one essential visitor. Yep. Right now, this is a crisis. And they I have feel you, Margaret. It. I hate to cut you off, Margaret. We're up against it here. Keith, she is speaking for so many of you, and I know this all too well. Yeah, and it's, you know, this rule's in place only for a little more than two more weeks, and it'll be revisited, but uh, hopefully this gets resolved sooner than later.